Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody, thanks for hopping on the latest edition of Gun on One. It is powered by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Derek Gunn. Well, Monday night, national stage, NFC East, big rivalry, Eagles, Cowboys. The first time these two have met in Dallas on a Monday night since 2008. First place on the line. You're expecting a head-knocking backyard brawl. Well, one team showed up, that's for sure. The other team, I don't know what happened. But for this podcast, I'm bringing in a guy who knows what it's like to be a part of an Eagles-Cowboys rivalry, and he won his fair share of those rivalries as well. You know him as the Axe Man, Jeremiah Trotter. What's up, JT? What's up, D-Gone? How you feeling, man? Good, man. Now, now I know you watched this mess on Monday night, and in a broad spectrum, after you watched that game, (laughs) tell me what you were thinking. Man, I, I tweeted out last night somewhere in the first quarter, man, we getting gutted. And, uh, man, they was gutting our defense, you know, up and down the field, seven, eight yards a pop. And that was really nothing. The Eagles, Eagles front seven, front eight could do about it. Now, I know you're from originally the state of Texas. Spent right. bulk of your career with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, just between me and you, do you root for the <laughs> Cowboys or the Eagles? Now, be honest now. Man, come on, man. <laughs> I, I, I hate Dallas. I mean, I, I, I've I've known, made it public that growing up I was a Dallas fan. The old Dallas uh, teams, yep. Aikman and, and Emmitt and all those guys. And, uh, but, man, listen, you can't play for the Eagles and like Dallas. That just, it just don't <laughs> go together. Like the, like the movie. That's like Plans and Stripes. 
<laughs> like, that's like good and evil. Bad and strike. No, nah, man, you can't do that. <laughs> no, nah, man, I hate, I hate uh, Dallas, man. The fans, every time they win a couple games, they go into the Super Bowl, all that nonsense. So, um, you know, I was expecting a, a, a really good game. You know, I, I know yeah. it's going to be tough for the Eagles to beat them because Cowboys have a really high-powered offense. They got their quarterback mm-hmm. back. He was playing good at the beginning of the season. Even with the loss against Tampa, he, he played very well. But I didn't expect the defense, defensive front seven, to get gutted. We knew going into the season that the secondary and linebackers were two of the weak points on the team. But I didn't expect us to get gutted like that. You know, Trot, in looking at the game a, a second time, the one thing I noticed that really opened up things for the Cowboys at a running game was is that guards were pulling, they were trapping them up the middle. And at some point, don't you have to make necessary adjustments? And where's the linebackers coming up to fill the holes in this situation? Well, they were definitely getting bodies on the second level. And, and my theory is when they're able to get bodies on the second level, you expect your defensive line to, to whoop one-on-ones and stuff like that. Uh, I don't. I, I really didn't see anybody in the front eight do anything to 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 um, deter those guys from from running off seven eight yards a pop. Anybody, nobody showed up. And then when they did do play action, um, you know it was wide open down the field. But that, that's what happens when you run the ball well. You're dominant. Uh, you control the line of scrimmage. It, it opens up everything else. You know. When you played, you had a bunch of guys with you on defense that took pride in, in playing that run defense. And occasionally, you had the occasional bad games where, you know, right, the team just right. got you. And that, but when that thing is starting to spiral out of control like that, you being one of the leaders on the defense, what do you say to your teammates on the sideline at any given point? Man, just keep fighting, man. Keep fighting. Somebody got to make a play. Somebody got to get off the block. Um, coaches are not going to always coach you in the perfect – put you in the perfect defense to make plays. Uh, sometimes you just got to win battles. That's what stopping the run comes down to is the mentality, I'm going to whoop the man in front of me, I'm going to get off a block and make a play. I didn't see anybody getting off any blocks. I mean, I, I think the, the, the two safeties probably led the team in tackles last night. Mm. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, their first two series, they ran like 29 plays on this defense. The Eagles figured out a way to shut it down. The second game against the 49ers, 49ers having success in sustaining drives. Now, this is three games where teams have been able to put together long drives, seven, eight, nine-minute drives on this defense. When you look at this personnel on this Eagles defense, can it, can it play better? Can it get better? I mean, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox show up, but you, you never know who's going to show up beyond it. Can they play better? Or is this just it? We're just going to have to bite our tongues and endure it for a whole season. I mean, at this point, the roster is not going to change much. So you have what you have. I, I don't. I don't see them playing any better. Um, you know, I, I don't see it. I don't see them playing any better, man. I, I think, um, you know, you, you got to get off field on third down. They got in some third, third and mid mid range. You know, it's tough in the NFL to get third and long. Offenses always try to stay ahead of the chains, right? That's the only way you can be successful get to 35, 34, and they were just hitting those short passes, man. Over the middle, tight ends just hooking up, running back out of the backfield hooking up, or hitting the curl route or slant route to the receivers. They have to be a little bit more aggressive on those short routes, uh, especially on third and short, because you have to get off the field. You can't allow offense to just continue to sustain drives. 
And then you have the jumping off size penalty. It went from a third and eight to a third and three. Uh, man, it's just it was just a bad day all around. I mean, they're, they're leading the league in, in penalties on offense. You, you, you can't you can't sustain drives beating yourself. Teams are too good. That may work in college or high school. You can overcome that. But in the NFL, it's it's hard to overcome penalties. You know. You ever play for a team that that had double digit penalties week in and week out? <clears throat> I can't recall. I think maybe my rookie year. Um, not my rookie year, my second year in the NFL, which was Andy Reid's first year. I, I remember the offense being really bad. I don't know how much, how, how many penalties uh, they got, but they did lead the NFL in giveaways that year, and and we and we led the league in takeaways. And I think by the end of the year, we were minus four. So <laughs> they they gave the ball up more than we took away, and uh, and we led the league in takeaways. So. You know, I, I understand being on a defense where, I mean, being being on a team where, the, you know, the offense is struggling the way it's struggling. So, um, and I think they'll get those things cleaned up. Um, you know, it just surprised me that Dallas defense, I, I, I just, I didn't think they took advantage of a defense that hasn't been very good over the last two or three years. So it, it went from great the first game, mediocre the second game, to real <laughs> bad the third game. Do you as players, as leaders on the team, is this a point where you need to call like a team meeting, just players only to discuss some things, or are we jumping the gun too soon? Um, I mean, we're, we're on a few weeks in. I, at some point, they need to have some type of player-led meeting and uh, just try to get the guys refocused, focus on your job, put in extra time. You got to put in extra time. Uh, practice habits because – this thing just didn't start, you know. I think, I think the way you practice carries over into the games. So, guys need to just really focus on their job, and and we, they gotta cut, cut the penalties out. No matter how, how you know, no matter how many good plays you make, you know, <laughs> and you get behind the chains, whether it's holding and those holding calls, man, that they're, they're a drive killer. They're, I mean, they're. That's that's the one thing. To the two things that kill offensive drives are holding and turnovers. That those two things you can't have. You know, you can you can recover from, you know, a, a false start or something like that. But those holding penalties, man, they kill you. So, um, you know, they got to they got to right the ship. You know, they can't focus on what's going on outside the locker room. Just got to focus on them and just keep working and hopefully get this thing turned around. You know, you just mentioned the offense, and, and I had said on a, a platform I was on on Monday night, I said, I can't remember uh, high school, college, or the pro level, either playing in a game or watching a game where only three running plays were called an entire game. Now, te- it, technically, they ran the ball 12 times, but the quarterback ran the ball nine times. Right. They had three running plays called to the running backs. Have you ever been a part of of a team like that where you've only seen three running plays called the entire game? Nah, man, you got to run the football. And especially just the Cowboys, you know, they've, they've struggled. You, you have to take advantage of a team's weakness and teams have been able to take advantage of, of the line of scrimmage and running the football against that defense over the course of the last three or four years. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's the reason why they went out and took Parsons uh, high in the first round. 
because they trying they trying to you know stiffen up their defense. So I we didn't take advantage there. Um, you know, a lot of people want to point the blame at, at Jalen. Now I know he threw he only threw the one ball. He had the other pick, but he had some very good plays in the game. When he did make good plays, it was a penalty that, that negated it. So uh, and you have to remember he's still young. I'm not sure how many games he, he started last year, maybe four, maybe five four. games. Four, four games. games last year. Yeah. So he's 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 still a rookie. Yes. Um, he's still a rookie, gonna make rookie mistakes that he's gonna learn from. But I like what he brings to the table. He gives you a chance to win. I would like to see him, you know, when nothing's there, just take off. Use your God given ability to be able to run the ball and you know, make one guy miss. You know, I think sometimes he tries to hang on as long as possible to waiting for somebody to come open. And while he's waiting for that person to come open, the defense that's chasing him is getting closer and closer and closer. So, you know, I would say just make a quicker decision. All right, he's not open. He's not open. All right, let me see what I can get, you know, so I can stay ahead of the chains. And everybody wasn't, isn't blessed with his, his ability to be able to run the football. I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson or anything like that, but he's definitely a guy that can hurt you against, uh, um, you know, the pass rush, which mm-hmm. if he take off a couple times, that's going to slow that pass rush down also. Those D linemen are not just going to be pinning their ears back and just sprinting up the field like they were doing. See, people, people w- want to chastise him, and let's face it, this is Philadelphia, right? But the kid, the kid is a re- four games in Doug Peterson's system, three right. games in Nick Sirianni's system, right? He's still evolving as a professional athlete, right? And he's had a crash course in two different systems in less than a year. Right. So I know a lot of people are down on him, but I think we have to give him a little bit more time in terms of developing, you agree? You, no doubt. You have to, man. I mean, like you said, he he, he ran a – he's only, what, seven games into his NFL seven career? Seven games, yeah. Seven games into his NFL career, two different – two, two offensive, different offensive coordinators, two different systems, and, you know, everybody want him to come out and be the savior. Yo, he, he got to give him time. Yeah. That's when you got to have, you know, run the football, uh, you know, quick passes, screen, screen passes. I've seen, seen like they've done a good job of trying to get the ball out quick, but you mm-hmm. definitely got to run the football. And you can't have those penalties. Yep. You can't have those penalties, man. That, 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 that kills drives. It kills your momentum. momentum, And uh, it can't help the mentality of, of a young quarterback either. What do you think about the you rah rah approach uh, of Nick Sirianni? You know, he he he's his players' coach. He's wearing T-shirts, beat Dallas. He wears T-shirts uh, of his players' numbers and and stuff like that. What do you think about his approach to the NFL game as a head coach now compared to being an assistant coach? I love it. I love it, man. You know, uh, I think you need more player player coaches in the NFL. He support his guys uh, wearing their T-shirts. Uh, seem like he's very approachable uh, because every coach is not like that. Every coach is not approachable. Uh, you know, when, when you do sometimes the old school coaches, when you do talk to them, it's just about football. It's nothing on a personal level. So I, um, you know, I can appreciate what he's doing and the relationships he's trying to build with his team. And when you, when you do that, man, guys are led on the line for you, you know, and he just – listen, it's his first year. Mm-hmm. You know, you, when you – nine times out of ten, when you hire a new coach, you're coming off a very bad year. If not, you wouldn't hire a new coach, right? So it's going to take some time. 
for him to adjust, get his players adjust his system. He got a young quarterback. He's got to stay positive with him, you know, continue to build around him. And you just hope the veteran guys can step up and play, you know, at a higher level. As you sat back and watched this game as a fan and a former NFL player, were you second-guessing a lot of Sirianni's play calling as well? Were you saying, what, what the heck is he doing here? No, I mean, they took shots deep. I, I would like to see him run the ball, obviously, more, especially, you know, Sanders has been running the ball very well. Um, I, I think he's very productive. I think it, what he averaged per carry, four or five yards I, per carry? I don't know. He he. Well, yeah, because he had the one run for 24 yards, so he had two carries for 27 yards. Right. So right. he was averaging almost. That took his average up. Yeah, so he was averaging almost 14 yards a carry over two yeah, carries. So yeah, man, you gotta you gotta take the pressure off of the quarterback. You gotta you gotta stay ahead of the chains. I said earlier, especially for a young quarterback. Um, I think you know one of your linemen went down when it's third. It's it's tough on defense coordinators when you when they, when he's looking at third and four, third and three, and even third and five. But if you're sitting in you know third and eight, third and nine, third and fourteen. You don't have a lot of plays on third down for those type of yardage, especially when the defense alignment is pinning their ears back. Even if you do run a draw, if it's third and nine, they give up seven yards. They don't care about seven yards. They're going to be off the field anyway. So, But they're going to pin their ears back, man, and just come after the quarterback. That's why I said earlier, I think Jalen needs to drop back, go one, two, one read, two reads. If it ain't there, just take off. That slows that pass rush down. That keeps those guys in their rush lanes. And it's going to help the offensive linemen stay in front of them. And then, and then when you do that, now you can kind of sit back there patiently and go through all your reads and make those deep throws. So now this team is licking its wounds. It was embarrassed on Monday night, national right. television. Now you have a short week, and you're about to face a ticked-off Kansas City team because I guarantee you Spagnola is going to have that defense – ready to play come this Sunday. So you being on the receiving end of a butt whipping like the Eagles just got, what's what's the battle cry all week long, getting ready for an even more formidable opponent on a short week? I, I think it should be just back to the drawing board. Just going going back to the basics. Let's get, let's get better at the uh, basic fundamentals of football, uh, running, tackling, uh, not shooting yourself in the foot, and just, and just everyone playing together, playing aggressive aggressive control football. Now, we all know what Kansas City offense can do. They're one of the most higher-powered offenses in the National Football League um, for the last four or five years. But that defense is susceptible to, to getting points put up on them. So uh, our defense has come to play, one. But our offense definitely has to try to has to take advantage of a defense that has some, some holes in it. That defense, they want to get they – want, they want to get – get you behind the chains, and then pin the ears back and go after the quarterback. So we have to run the football, two, run the football, and three, run the football. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, now you you know Spagnola. So, so right. take me inside Spagnola's mind in terms of what he's telling his defense about preparing for what he saw this Eagles offense look like on a Monday night. Well, if he took – if he took – any pages out of Jim Johnson's book, he's gonna, he's gonna, he wanna put pressure on the quarterback. And obviously, he knows that they have holes in that defense. They have trouble stopping the run. So that's gonna be first and foremost, yo, we gotta come out and stop the run and make make the Eagles offense one dimensional. 
especially when you got a young quarterback back there. So they want to put the pressure on the quarterback, make him win the game. But the Eagles, on, on the other hand, has to come out and establish the run, take pressure off the quarterback, you know, put some drives, sustain some drives, uh, uh, be productive in the red zone, even if we would come away with three. Now, too many field goals ain't going to help you against that offense. But, you know, if you put – if you have a sustainable drives and you're putting points on the board, that helps the confidence of your offense, that helps the confidence of the young quarterback, and then you can try to kind of build off that momentum. What's Andy Reid telling this team about coming to Philadelphia? You played for Big Red a number of years. <laughs> hey, you're going. He, he, he's telling guys you're going in hostile territory. Um, their fans are passionate. They're some of the best fans in the National Football League. You, you're going to be in for a dogfight there at home. And uh, so you better strap up and come ready to play. Do you still get a lot of uh, calls or text messages from from family and friends down in Texas after the Cowboys put a whipping on the Eagles like they did last night? Do you still have to take a lot of heat from fans back home, people back home? Well, fortunately, most of my immediate family, they all converted to Eagles fans when I was oh, playing. So, okay. so they stayed, they stayed Eagles. They still root for the Eagles. So, uh, you know, but I'm sure I got a lot of family that's talking trash and and uh, there's a couple of kids on on my son's team that all that's Dallas fans. Not sure how they became Dallas fans, but they talk a lot of trash. So I got I got I got to listen to that. <laughs> hey man, look, um, I, I, you know I know you, you live in Jersey, but you spent a lot of time down in the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and you know, and through the years, whenever I've tried to reach out to you to get you on certain platforms, you're always in the Dominican Republic, and I think it's an incredible story. Now, you said back in 2006, you started this construction company, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and first of all, I know you're building an awful lot of condos in, in, in the uh, Dominican Republic, but take me through, number one, what made you decide to start the company? Number two, why have you invested so much in the Dominican Republic? Well, um, it started back in 06, when, 04, when we lost um, to, New, to New England in the Super Bowl. And I was pretty, pretty beat up about that. And my buddies wanted to just get away. Man, let's get away, get your mind off the game. So I came to the Dominican Republic for a few days and uh, fell in love with the country. I saw a great opportunity here. And, um, you know, I prayed about it. Uh, talked to my pastor about it. And I did my research. And, uh, you know, I created a construction company and started building condos. Now, when, when you say you're building condos, people automatically think, okay, he's building resort condos and things like right. that. But you, you've taken it a step deeper. I mean, this is you're building out of need for that country, correct? Right. Yeah, it, it's over a two million home deficit in the country. And two million? To, yeah, two million home deficit. So I, I used to build uh, uh, middle-income uh, homes and then – uh, with, like I said earlier, with the government subsidies and stuff like that, I got into low-income homes, which is basically the same thing, just a little smaller. And they sell. As long as they sell, I'm going to continue to put them up. So how many, how, roughly how many condos do you think you've built since you've been down there? Oh, man. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even I can't count, man. I, um, I know the last project was just under like 1,500. That's just, 1500. That's just the last project, yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. I mean, we put them up. We try to build them as as quick as we put them up. You know, 
Uh, matter of fact, before we even put pen to paper with plans, you know, we, we're probably about, you know, 40, 40% sold. Already? Mm-hmm. Wow. And so all these people that are looking for homes, where are they living until people like Jeremiah Trotter can provide homes for them? Everywhere. A lot of, a lot of them live here in the country. A lot of them live in Europe. A lot of them live in the United States. Uh, you know, a lot of Dominicans go to the United States to work and they want to build homes for when they retire here or for a family member um, or for themselves just to rent out or whatever. And, you know, whatever they need, we try to we try to supply. Did you ever think the vision, your vision would take off the way it has down there? Yeah. Yeah, I believed it. I believed it. You know, after praying about it and, um, you know, I believe that uh, it would really, really take off. Just had to stay diligent. Continue just to work hard and and have a goal, set goals, and every every year try to accomplish those goals. And you know, you, you, in anything you do, you always have setbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when the economy uh, crashed. I think it was '06. Um, we didn't feel the effects here to maybe like six to eight months later. But when other construction companies was was at a halt, we 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 broke some of our own records uh, for sales during that time. You wow. Know, so we were very fortunate, man, and feel very blessed that, you know, um, you know, through tough, tough times, we've been able to sustain the company and continue to grow. Do you already or will you in the future also build uh, homes in the United States for needy families? Have you have you gotten that far yet or no? No, that's never, never something I re- never really thought about. But, uh, you know, now that you've mentioned it, I may put some thought into it. Well, if you do, can can I can you hire me part time <laughs> to be your PR to be your PR man? I at got least? you. I got you. Can, can you do that? <laughs> I got you don't you. pull don't pull this. You know, D Gun. I'll have you, my people call your people, and I never hear from you again. <laughs> Remember, I gave you the idea to bring this to the United States. No doubt. You know, and, and D Gun. You know, can you can you help me out here? Can you, can, I ain't, I ain't I, one of them guys, man. I ain't, I ain't gonna forget about you. <laughs> hey, look, when you played the game, you were well respected. You were a feared man. You were down and dirty. You got, you got your hand down the dirt. You did the dirty work. Uh, you earned your money. Now, as an owner of a construction company, do you still roll up your sleeves and and get and dig in, or do you sit back and just basically give orders now? Man, I keep I keep my hands clean, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> You've gone soft in your I retirement. To, I try to keep them clean and well manicured, man. I, them, <laughs> them hard days and hard labor is over with, man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look, JT, I can't thank you enough for taking time to talk to me about the Eagles, obviously, and, and, and about what you're doing. An incredible project that you're doing down in the Dominican Republic, helping out so many people, man. You know what? God bless you, man. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, obviously, God has given you a vision, and you've taken that vision, um, you know, as far as you can take it and then some. And I just pray that for you that it continues to just grow and grow um, until you said, okay, okay, Lord, what else do you want me to do? Right. Appreciate it, D-Gun, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. It's always always great catching up with you. All right, brother. All right, that's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on One. Hey, everybody, thank you for joining me. And as I always tell you, stay blessed out there. But more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, so long, everybody. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. 
Alvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Alvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.